Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to have with you, O Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that Holy Spirit will speak to the hearts of every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Speak to them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, only you know the needs, only you know the desires, only you know what's going on in the lives of every single listener here today. So I pray, O oh Lord God, that their eyes will be open, their ears will be open, and their hearts will be open, O oh Lord God, to receive and to hear your words today. We praise you, Lord God, we magnify thy name in the master's name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God, praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. I'm glad you could join us here. And I uh, pray today that today you'll be blessed by the word of God as we move forward today being Palm Sunday. And can't believe the year is going by so quickly, and next week being Easter Sunday, you know, and today we're going to look at Palm Sunday and uh, the events of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and what is really going on with the reason why Jesus came onto the scene in Jerusalem the way he did, you know, Jesus had a, a date with destiny to get to that cross, and this was but one more step, you know, to see exactly how God um, orchestrated and unfolded this wonderful plan which led to the ability for us to have salvation uh, translating into eternal life for all of us okay amen so this week we're going to look at Jesus path towards his date with prophecy uh, on his way to the cross and we know that it was indeed prophesied so with that why don't we go to Zechariah 9 verse number 9 Zechariah 9 verse number 9 praise the living God and this would be a good time to say that if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause and go and grab your Bible, grab a highlighter, maybe a pencil or paper, and, and take some notes, highlight in the Bible so that you can refer to, to these scriptures uh, as Holy Spirit so guides you into the future. Amen. It's always good to read it for yourself. Amen. Amen. So now Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Amen. So here we see in Zechariah, now Zechariah was written some 500 years uh, before, before Jesus Christ. So here you see Holy Spirit gave him this prophecy right here, talking about the, the, the uh, arrival of, uh, of Jesus uh, on, on, on an ass into, into Jerusalem. So you see that God always has this plan, and he's always unfolding it, uh, uh, just as he said it would unfold, okay? And, and that's the, one of the things that we need to grasp as Christians. Um, what we're living through today, even, was prophesied. The things, the events that are going on today were indeed prophesied. Amen. And that's how God is. God is the master planner. He, he, he has a plan for mankind. As he so chose, as he so chose, he spoke to those people that he wanted to reveal his word. Zechariah being one of the many prophets that were there. He spoke to them to, to, give, to give, give warnings to, and, and to talk about things that were coming. So you see it was prophesied sometime before it actually happened. Now, you may recall uh, moving forward in time here, uh, of course, after Jesus, Jesus was born, and then our uh, Jesus' uh, presence, so to speak, was announced by John the Baptist. Remember, he was there baptizing in the Jordan, and Jesus came along, and he, 
John recognized that here he is. He's the one that I'm not even worthy to tie his uh, shoelaces, so to speak, he said. And uh, uh, he baptized Jesus, okay? And that's where it um, says the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove upon Jesus. And, and the Father's voice was heard, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then from there... Jesus went off and he was into the wilderness there and, and he was tempted by the devil, okay, Satan himself. Uh, three times he was hit and, and Satan's uh, uh, priority there was to get Jesus to, um, to uh, uh, not, de not to denounce but not believe that he was who he said he was. He said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God and so on. The whole thing was that he wanted Jesus to bow down to him and to worship him, okay. So Satan was on the scene then trying to stop Jesus. Satan has always tried to intervene in the development and growth of human history, okay? Going all the way back to the garden, that's where it started. So Satan has always been there trying to stop God's plan, but of course he will not win. Did not win and will not win, amen? So after, after uh, Jesus overcame him with the word of God in the wilderness, that's where Jesus' ministry uh, really started then. And so that's what we want to get at today. We want to look at some of the things that Jesus was saying early on and look at how those things even apply to us today. Amen. So with that, why don't we go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, and we want to do... Matthew 6, we want to do verse... Matthew 6, we want to start with verse number 1. Amen. Jesus had an awesome teaching awesome teaching and Jesus was actually preaching a whole new message okay Jesus was a radical if you will he was considered an upstart what Jesus was talking about you know the the uh, the, the ruling class of the day the Jewish elite there the, the the Pharisees the Sadducees and so on the message they were preaching was not what Jesus was talking about Jesus was talking about this thing that we call Christianity today as uh, coined by the Apostle Paul at Antioch there. Christianity meaning a follower. A Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, this, you know, Christianity for us, it, 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 it's a way of life. Okay, it's not, it's not, it's not just our, um, quoting scriptures when it seems an opportune time to quote scriptures. This is how we live. Okay, which makes a difference between what was happening there uh, with, with the Jewish people there under the uh, rule, if you will, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. Amen. Different. So what Jesus is talking about here is like, wake up. This is what life is all about. So we look at Matthew 6 here, verse number 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their, their rewards. But when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, thine, uh, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Okay? So arms, he's talking about giving. Okay, he's saying here, yeah, yeah, do not be giving your alms before men, you know, just to receive the glory of men. You have to be talking about how much you gave. Okay, you give something in church, you give something to a, a non-profit organization, you give something to someone else that has a need, you know, as the Holy Spirit so guides. You don't have to go about talking about it, okay? These people here at the time, what they what he's saying here, you know, just to be seen by men, you know, uh, if you go bragging about what you did for someone or did for church or whatever, that's because you want people to think highly of you, okay? That's not our mission in life. 
That's not our objective, okay? We want to do what's pleasing to the Father. The Word of God here says, uh, When thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. You don't have to go blasting about it, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. How does God want us to do it? When you, when you do your arm, do not let your left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Verse number three. You don't have to go talking about it. Let your left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thine arms may be done in secret, and thy Father receives in secret, shall reward thee openly. All we have to do is please the Father, okay? Please God the Father. God wants us to give, we should be giving, but we don't have to go bragging about it, okay? So again, this was a new message, a wake-up call to them at the time. That wake up, this is, this is where, where God the Father is coming from. He goes on to say in verse number 5, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have the reward. You see, then again, there they are again. It, it, it's doing things to glorify, to receive glory from men. Okay, we don't have to go around, you know, oh, praise the Lord, oh, thank you, brother, and, and being so pious and everything, okay? Okay, that is not what prayer is all about. He goes on to say, uh, uh, but thou, in verse 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, prayer closet, to thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Okay? So again, it's not about pleasing other people. It's about the relationship between you and the Father. Amen? So a prayer closet, you know, in, in, in actuality, obviously we're not talking about walking into a closet somewhere and shutting the door, but if you have a space where you can be by yourself, where it's just you and the Lord, okay? Be it your bathroom, your bedroom, your office at home, or wherever it may be where you can be alone with the Father. That's where you go to pray, okay? And you don't have to go making sure everybody knows, okay, now I'm going to my prayer closet, okay? Okay? Uh, did you hear that, so-and-so? Did you hear that? I'm going to my prayer closet. Now, no, 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 no. You just, I mean, you, you may need to tell your wife, your husband, you know, I'm, I'm going to be gone for a bit. I'm going to pray. But it's not like you're just going because, you know, look at me, look at me, how wonderful I am, all right? It's not what it's about, you know? You know, it's hypocritical. The words are used there for alms, and it uses the word there for praying. It's hypocritical when you're doing that for the glory of men, to receive the admiration of men or mankind. Amen? Amen? So God, so he says, that go to that closet, and then what you're praying there, the Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. Verse number 7 continues and says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathens do. Then they use vain repetitions, as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You have to keep repeating yourself over and over and over again when you're praying. God heard you the first time that you, you uttered that prayer. God knows what's on your heart, too. So you don't have to go repeating the same thing over and over again, thinking that by you repeating it, you're going to be waking up God. God is not asleep. <laughs> God hears your prayers. Okay? You don't have to go, oh, so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. Say it. Say it once. Say it once. Okay? And, and then God will, 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 will deal with it from there. Okay? Be not, verse number 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. Okay? You don't have to go repeating yourself over and over again. Lord, remember that the other day I prayed for another a, a new pair of shoes. A new pair of shoes. And I've often said to you before that when we pray, you send up that prayer once. Father, I need a new pair of shoes. Okay? And you may not see the shoes, poof, appear you know, at your bedside. Uh, instantaneously. The next day you wake up, you don't have the shoes. Thank you, Father, for I believe that I have received the shoes. Okay, if you repeat, start repeating the same prayer over and over again, then you're implying that God didn't hear you the first time you prayed. And God hears you. What do they say? They say he knows what you have a need of before you even pray it. Okay, so you pray it that one time and you thank God. You thank God every day, every day for receiving it. I thank you for I believe that I receive it. It's acting in faith. I'm giving you thanks, Father, because I believe it's on the way. And then when you get those new shoes, then you say, thank you, Lord God, for I received those shoes. 
Okay, but we, we don't pray. We don't pray vain repetitions, as it says here. Okay, in verse number nine, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, O Father which is in heaven, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right now, that's called a model prayer. Okay. That doesn't mean that that's the only prayer that we should ever pray, okay? And, and actually, the Lord's Prayer is, is a sermon in itself because each one of those lines means something or something very, very specific. But Jesus was saying, this is, this is a model prayer, you know, and, and where you, you know, forgive us our debts, you're asking God to forgive you, your trespasses, your debts, and as you need to forgive other people, and so on, okay? But the whole point of this particular part of what Jesus is talking about here is that when you pray, don't be as the heathen do. Don't be as the heathen, as the heathen or the hypocrites behave you know, with vain repetitions where you're just repeating yourself over and over again, okay? He says in verse number 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses, you know? And we've talked about this before, forgiving to, to forgiveness with God is such a big deal. I mean, elsewhere in Scripture, it even says there that, you know, if you have an art with your brother, if you have an issue with, with someone else, you know, be, before you bring your gifts to the altar, Go and make it right with that person before you give your gifts to God. So God doesn't want our tithes and offerings if we're, har we're harboring uh, unforgiveness towards someone. That's how important it is. Okay. Again, this is a whole brand new message now that Jesus is bringing, you know, to the people of the time. Okay. And especially because who are, who are listening very intently to Jesus were the scribes and the Pharisees and so forth, and, you know, and the Sadducees. Okay. Because they were the ruling elite. They were the ruling class of that particular time. The, the, the religious order was the, you know, they, they were the, the high people of, of that particular time. Walked around in their purple robes, as the word says, and desiring, you know, important seats in the synagogue and so on like that. So Jesus is saying there's a whole different thing here, what life is really all about. What life with the Father is really all about is something entirely different than what you've been thinking for all of these generations, okay? He goes on to say, and moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, but they disfigure their faces, and they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. Again, it's our relationship with God. It's, it, 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 it's how we think we should be worshiping uh, while walking and talking and living in the world around us. Okay? We want to please God the Father. We're not here to, 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 to please men, to please mankind. We're not here to be to be seen as, oh boy, he or she is so religious, you know. You know, when when you're fasting, don't walk around like this, what it's saying with a long face, you know, the name says, Are you okay? Are you okay? What's the matter? You look kinda down, you look kinda sad. Oh, I'm fasting. I've been fasting, you know, for so many hours, for so many days. Oh no, 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 no. Because then again, you want the admiration of someone else. But look at him, he's so hungry, but he's not giving up. He's not giving up at all. He's still fasting. He's still fasting. He says, what do you say? Wash your face. Walk around with a, with a strong countenance. You know, don't disfigure your face. You walk around and, and, and God knows that you're fasting. You don't need for people to know that you're fasting and for them to turn around and say, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, Pastor Mike fasted for three days and look at him, boy. Man, he sure looks good. He doesn't look tired, doesn't look hungry or anything. No, no, no. That's not the reason that we fast. 
And again, fasting itself is a, is a whole sermon too. But what Jesus is saying here, that as I said, so that's not uh, anoint your head, verse seventeen. When you when you uh, fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that thou appear unto men, not unto men to fast. In other words, by looking at you, no one would know that you're fasting. Okay, by looking at you, no one would know that you're fasting. Right? Because this isn't something that you're trying to 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 uh, make sure they know about. You know, to get a pat on your back because you are, you are fasting, okay? So then he goes on here in verse number 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where, where moth and, uh, and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be, okay? Right, so what he's saying is, saying is, don't be worried about your bank account so much that all you're doing is making sure you've got money in the bank. Don't be, don't be worrying about laying up those earthly treasures, okay? Because wherever you're laying up those earthly treasures, that's where your where your heart, that's where your thoughts, that's where your allegiance, that's where your uh, uh, your, your concerns are going to be, okay? On, on the bank, on how, how big my bank account is, okay? Lay up your treasures in heaven, okay? In, in other words, how am I how am I relating to God? Is Jesus Lord of my life? What, what, what am I doing in accordance with with, with the um, according uh, with the cause with scripture there. Am I helping the poor? Am I helping the widow? Am, am I helping the one that does not have a father or mother? You know, how am I doing what God wants me to do? That's laying up treasures in heaven. And those things, those treasures that you lay up in heaven, it says, where moth nor rust does corrupt. Okay? Those things don't disappear. Those treasures that you're laying up through godly actions, those treasures do not disappear. Okay? We never know. The banks could all of a sudden go haywire. The economy could go crazy. You know, God forbid, but every, every, all your life savings could for somehow reason, you know, dry up or, you, you know, be grabbed by someone, the government or whatever. I mean, I mean, you don't know. I mean, you know, the likelihood of that happening, of course, is very, very slim. But what I'm saying is that don't be putting all of your worth in your bank account. Okay? That is not is, is important, okay? Lay up your treasures in heaven by doing what God wants you to do. Verse 22 says, The light of the body is, is the eye, and therefore, uh, if, thy line, if thine eye be single, thy whole body, body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, of course, is money. You know, you know, and, and you, you, you heard the old, old expression there that, that uh, money is the, root of, is the root of all evil. Well, even that's a misquote, okay, because what the Word of God is really says there, the love of money, the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil, okay? We don't live in an agrarian society, an agrarian society where we, we trade cattle or or, 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 or produce or whatever, wheat and what have you. You know, money is our currency. You know, that is our, our method of trade. Okay, so, so, so yeah, we all need money. But what God is saying is that the love of money uh, uh, is the root of all evil. And you can't serve two masters. Okay, you can't serve God and man. You can't serve God and, and money. So if money is your all-important thing, then money winds up replacing God in your life. Okay, and that's a very dangerous situation to be in. Okay, it's a very dangerous situation to be in. We cannot love money or material things in life more than we love God. All right, we need to make sure. Now, now this is the message, okay, that Jesus was, was on the road, so to speak, to seek preaching. You know, and then he says here in, in 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, uh, nor yet uh, for your body. What you shall put on is not the life more than meat 
in the body more than raiment? In other words, isn't your life more important than clothing on your back or the food that you eat? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather unto barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add uh, one cubit unto the stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we uh, be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Okay, now I'm just going to pause right there. Right, so what he's doing here, here is he's giving us a list. Don't, don't be so concerned about those material things of life. Okay, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, and so on like that, okay? Who can add one, one cubit of your stature? You cannot add to your life anything by worrying about those things. Okay, okay, I, you know, God told me uh, in, in prayer the other day because I was concerned about something, and, and I guess God could see that that concern was, was getting uh, a, a, a greater than it should be and whatnot, and God simply, simply said to me, don't worry about the, ro the world, he's in control of the world, okay? Don't worry about the world. He's in control of the world. That's what he's told me. It's plain as day. Okay, okay. So, and the thing about it is that there's a, there's a separation between being concerned for something, okay, because God wants us to be aware of what's happening in life and, and concerned enough to direct our prayer in that direction, okay? So concern brings about prayer for something or someone but worry is where stress and so forth starts coming in because you are, are overly, overly concerned and you think that by your worrying or by you dwelling on that, that's going to impact or correct the situation, okay? So it's one thing for us to be concerned and mindful of things that are going on in our life because that helps us to direct our prayer in that direction, okay? But we don't start worrying and carrying to the point of carrying stress and anxiety over whatever that thing is, okay? Because God is control, okay? So, and we can't, which of you can add one cubit to your staff? Okay, by you worrying. So God is saying, no. Right? If God takes care of the grass and feeds the birds of the air and so on like that, then how much more will God take care of you? Okay, so you have to remember that. You have to remember that. Okay, he says, for all these things that the Gentiles seek. That's what the Gentiles worry about. Okay, okay, we are children of God, so we don't go in that direction. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. All right. So this this is a is a brief overview of the new message that Jesus Christ was talking. Okay. He's talking about, right? So then we see the, 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 the time where now he's about to go into Jerusalem, for which, for which we uh, talk about Palm Sunday here. And with that, why don't we go to, to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And start with verse number 1. Okay? And this, this is where he is going. Now, at this point in time, uh, well, let me see Prior to this, he had uh, uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, you may remember. Okay, you can find that in the previous scriptures there, where he raised Lazarus from the dead, and he greatly attracted the, the crowd by seeing that miracle happen. And it also, also attracted, attracted the, the ire of, of, of the uh, of Pharisees, okay, and the Sadducees, okay. They did not like the fact that so many people had witnessed this event. And they, if you read the scriptures, you'll see where they tried to challenge Jesus and so on. So now he's on his way to Jerusalem because he is 
going to fulfill the prophecy that we just read in Zechariah 9, 9, okay? Prophesied and written some 500 years before Jesus' existence, uh, Jesus' birth. Amen. So now we see Matthew 21, verse number 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives and sent Jesus' two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught to you, if any man say anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Okay? All right? All right. You, see, you see, this was being done right in line, right in line with Zechariah's prophecy. Okay? So, again, some 500 years ago. And it goes on to say in verse number 6, And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, them on, put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. This is where the palm idea of Palm Sunday comes in. By the way, palm does not have any magical properties or anything like that. You know, I go to Palm Sunday churches, give out palms and things like that. You know, it's a nice, it's a nice momentum. It's a, it's a, it's a nice uh, reminder, you, you know, of, of what happened with Jesus and whatnot. But they don't have any magical properties, okay? Over the years, especially when I was a kid, I remember I used to see churches give out the palms and they would form them into little crosses and things like that. Take the palms and weave them and twist them into little crosses. And people would take those crosses and hang them over their bed for protection. You know, that, that, that's not what palm is all about, okay? You're getting into something else when you start looking at an object of, for, for, uh, for protection, okay? Palm is palm. But that's what they used back back then, okay? It was a way of showing adoration, all right? And it says there that the um, spread their garments, others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. Verse number nine. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Who is, who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of those that sold doves. That sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. It's okay. So that's where he went on and he, he overthrew the, the money changes. He did not like what was happening there uh, within God's, uh, the father, his father's house, you know, a, place of, a place of worship. So again, we see here that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy here by arriving into Jerusalem exactly as Zachariah said he was going to arrive. Okay, and riding on the donkey, I mean, I mean that is the the, the epitome of showing of, of showing meekness, of showing humility. You know, and he he arrived in Jerusalem in humility, the same way he was born in humility. He was not born, as we know, in, in a, a beautiful, you know, gold-filled room and all of this sort of thing. He, he was born in a manger, wrapped in plain old swaddling clothes, okay? And now he's coming in, in, Jeru in Jerusalem, you know, very, very meek, okay? And, and, and this is what our Christian walk also uh, entails, okay? It, it's meekness. It's meekness. You, saint, as a child of God, in the name of Jesus... You have such an awesome power within you, given you by the Holy Spirit that, that, that indwells you. 
You have such an awesome power that sometimes we just forget all about who we are in Christ Jesus. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. But in the name of Jesus, we can repel, we can expel every single demon of darkness that would try to infiltrate our lives. That would try to infiltrate our lives in, in, in the form of, 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 of lack of money, not being able to pay bills, infirmity, sickness, you know, heartache and heartbreak, family matters that are going on, issues with the job. Okay, issues going on with school, issues in our communities, issues in the nation, issues around the world. We have such an awesome power within us as born-again children of God that we oftentimes forget it. Okay, okay. We have to, we have to remember, and, and, and knowing that power, okay, it takes some self-control sometimes for us not to get puffed up in self. Okay? In and of ourselves, we are nothing. We bow down before God the Father. We give him all the honor and glory and praise. We welcome Lord Jesus into our lives. We consult with Holy Spirit. Okay? And we recognize that Jesus, God the Father, loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to get us to this point and, 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 and furthermore to give us salvation, eternal life. Okay? Cleansing us of all of the sin that was in our lives. We don't look back anymore. We look forward to where God wants us to be. We have to remember, though, with all of those blessings and power that God has given us in the name of Jesus, we have to remember to remain, remain humble, okay? We don't have to go about bragging about, you know, who we are and what we did and who we gave to, as we read, you know, back there about alms, about giving and things. We don't have to go bragging about that. You remain humble. God knows what you're doing. That's the most important thing in our lives, to remember that God sees and knows what we're doing. And that's what's important. Amen? Amen? Amen. So as we go through this life, you know, just remember what Jesus did here. And, and again, this is Palm Sunday, so remember that, that this was what, but one step, one step, one step in, in, in Jesus' journey to the cross. Okay? It was but one step. Okay? And, and then we go on to see, uh, even uh, getting further on, we go to John here. Go to John, 4, uh, John 12, book of John 12, book of John 12, and we want to start with verse number 40. You see, and, and we see here that Jesus' ministry, again, he was talking about what was going to happen here. Jesus knew very, very well exactly where he had to go and what he had to do and what was at the end game for him. He knew, he knew. But again, God the Father loved us so much that he sent, you know, he sent his only son. And Jesus came willingly, you know, came willingly and went through all of this willingly. Amen. So we see here in John 12, verse number 40, and he's talking in there and he says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, meaning the people, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted as I should, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him unless they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. Isn't that something? Now, how many of us fall into that category today? You know, where you love the praise of others more than you, you, you look for the, uh, the praise of God. Okay, okay, he says that. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So what did they do? They said many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. So how many of us are underground Christians? 
How many of us are closet Christians? You know, we love the Lord, but we don't dare say that in, in the workplace. We don't dare say that in the schools. We don't dare say that in the marketplace. We don't dare say that in the neighborhood because you are afraid about what people are going to think about you. Okay? So therefore, you go by suppressing, you know, and maybe not living up to the fullness that God has intended to you for you because of the fact that you're just simply afraid to speak out because you don't want to be criticized by people. Okay? Okay. Well, it's time for us as children of God to start thinking about more are we doing what God wants us to do than to worry about the admiration of men. Okay? And Jesus is coming out and, 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 and he's throughout his ministry. That's basically what he was saying. You, 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 you hypocrites. You, you worry about having the nice seats. You worry about standing on the corner so those can look at you and say, oh, what a pious, what a religious guy he is and all that sort of thing. You look for the adoration of men rather than making sure that God the Father is pleased with what you're doing. Okay? okay one more time. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, many believed on him. We're talking about the scribes and Pharisees here and, and, the, and the Sadducees. Chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue, where we're being put out. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believes on me, he that believes on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. How about that? He that believes on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. He's giving the glory to God the Father. Always. Always. Jesus always gave, gave the glory to God, God the Father, to his Father. He says, And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that re rejecteth me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. You see, so Jesus is saying clearly, I am speaking to you what God the Father said to, said to tell you, said to say to you. God sent me. God the Father sent me. I am saying to you what he has instructed me to say. Amen. Verse 50, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Okay. All right. And so, so he's saying right there, this is, what's, this is what it's all about. Right? And this is, again, part of that journey to, his cross, to the cross. Right? And then we know that he faced a very uh, wrong, a, a, a major decision point uh, in his life. Uh, you, you can go there if you want to right now. We're not going to flip there to read the whole scripture right now. But in Matthew 26, verse 36 there, the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay? And basically what it was was he said, Father, you know, if there's... If, if there's any way for this cup to pass me, in other words, Father, if there's any other way that, that we can get around, you, you, know, you know, making me do what I have to do, can you achieve your end result, Father, in some other way, you know, let it be so. But then he said, however, Father, not according to my will, but your will. And I'm greatly paraphrasing, of course, but that's basically, basically what Jesus was saying. He knew the agony he had to go through. He knew he had to be on that cross. It's, it's most difficult. At any one point in time, he could have called a legion of angels to free him from the situation. He said that. Jesus said that. Amen. He couldn't. He could have. But he, he was doing what the Father told him to do. Okay? And he knew that he would go through the agony on the cross. But the most, the most, the most important thing to Jesus that was troubling him was that he knew that at the time that he took on the sins of mankind, and the sin of mankind was covering him, that God the Father had to turn his back on him. 
that God would, would, would be separated from because God cannot look upon sin. And that was that, that's what Jesus was really not looking forward to. Because on the cross, remember, he cried out, Eli, 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 lama sabachthani. In other words, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned away from me? That was the point in time. Jesus was with God the Father of all in all of eternity. He was always with the Father. Now he knew that at some point he would be separated. And he was not looking forward to that at all. But in the garden, though, he said, not according to my will, Father, according to your will. Okay? Okay? So can you imagine what, I can't even begin to imagine what life would be like for us today. If for some reason, which would be impossible, but if for some reason, what if Jesus decided, no, Father, I'm sorry, bets off, I, I can't go through that. Our eternal life would be gone. We'd be living in, you know, I don't know, I guess, I guess doing sacrificing goats and, and doves and things like that. I don't know, going through the yearly sacrifice. I don't know what God would have done, so I can't even speculate there. But Jesus decided to, to I'm going to follow it, not according to my will, but your will. Amen, amen. So we see here that this was all a part of God's plan. Starting way back with Zechariah. Actually, starting with after Adam and Eve fell, God knew that he had to bring mankind back to him after Satan had gotten a legal hole, legal foot into the, uh, into the realm by the way Adam and Eve chose to disobey. Okay, so God said, I got to bring my people back to me. Okay, even through the whole thing with, with, uh, with Noah's Ark, cleansing the earth, you know, wiping out all of, all of mankind, except for those eight faithful people moving forward in time, uh, the, the world, the earth was, was replenished with people and so on like that. But every single step of the way, God was saying, I'm going to bring my people back to me. And that's where he had this plan to bring his only begotten son to send him to earth to take the sins. The last sacrifice. We don't have to do any more sacrifice. We don't sacrifice lambs or anything else. Jesus was the last sacrificial lamb. That's all that is required. Okay? He was the last sacrificial lamb. He took upon the sins of mankind on him. Put on that cross. Defeated the enemy. When he triumphantly and victoriously rose on that third day, he said, it is finished. Just before he died on the cross, it is finished. Amen. So now you, saints of God, you have the ability to have eternal life. You have the ability to go through this life while you're on earth and with, with, with minimizing the tribulations or, or dealing with the tribulations that come our way. Because through Jesus Christ and then the giving of the Holy Spirit, as he promised, gives us the ability to conquer and overcome the things of this life as we look forward to the wonderful time of eternity that we shall have with God the Father and with Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. It's a wondrous time. It's a wondrous thing to, 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 to look forward to. It's a wondrous thing to even think about. So on this Palm Sunday, do some reflection. Think about what, what was the whole purpose here and how this journey was um, uh, very purposefully uh, mapped and orchestrated for you and for me. Amen? Think about that on this Palm Sunday as we go into this week ahead of us and look forward to Resurrection Sunday next week. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, please pass on the links to, uh, to where we can be found. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look in the uh, upper part of the page there. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button. You'll be notified uh, automatically whenever there's a message, a new message that's, that's out. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Our free apps are still available. 
for uh, for Android and for Apple devices. Uh, download them, play them in your car. You know the intent here is to make the these messages available um, as easily as possible uh, for you. You know to access and and uh, so forth like that. So praise God, praise God. I hope you have a blessed Palm Sunday. And if you're hearing this message during the week, that's fine too. Have a blessed week and uh, come and join us again next Sunday for uh, Resurrection Sunday. Praise God, our God is a good God. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And now, as we close, oh Lord, I pray that every single listener here today, oh Lord God, will meditate and think on and not forget the things that we've heard here today in the mighty name of Jesus. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We glorify thy most wondrous name. And until we gather again here next week, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you and we bless you and we praise you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Go forth and be blessed and remember that always Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to you.